Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Hey, this week we are going to be talking about communicating with the media in a COVID-19 world. Huge conversation topic right now, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a nice what don't you do, right? Right. <laughs> There's a long it's a nice list. return to our roots after um, something we had never done before last week. And um, before we get into our conversation today, big shout out and round of applause for our technical director, Sarah Beatty, for getting us through the World Lung Cancer Day. She's amazing. On our Move the Stairs Friday chat. So. Don't try to hire her. I will not let it happen. <laughs> it was. Don't even think about it. <laughs> it was such a tremendous event. Now we talked about this last week and it was such a great event because we were, we produced nine hours of live conversation. Although um, you did not schedule bathroom breaks. I just talked to the I did not. And that was an oversight <laughs> on my part. Wow, and was that alerting? <laughs> that won't happen again. <laughs> nine hours is a smidge long to go. But I'm that's too old for that. <laughs> What's one of those learnings that we uh, came away from last week with um, and raised almost $40,000 for um, Lung Cancer Foundation of America? And they've actually had donations rolling in after the event, views of the conversations rolling in after the event. And then, Jordan, you're using one of our favorite tools, Meltwater, to take a look at the overall impact in the sort of digisphere of that event from uh, the hashtags to the reach to um, how it uh, overlays with and connects LCFA to this idea of living with lung cancer. So we're gonna, we're gonna debrief you on all of that information, but yeah, that was a heck of an event last week. And, and, and let me say, I think how it's relevant today is the media training that we have done with all of those speakers bureau members, I mean, they're, they just did, they knocked it out of the park as yes. far as their presentations. Um, and I think so much of that had to do with the training, how comfortable they were, um, how easy they were on camera. It was, it was a blast. It was very fun. It yeah. really and was. It's a great tie-in to what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, between everything we did behind the scenes, you, Sarah, Diane and I um, did an excellent job, I thought, hosting the event. It was a lot of fun. And a lot of that preparation comes from stuff that people are going to learn today. Exactly. Exactly. You want to tell us more about that, Jordan? Yeah. So we're going to break today down into 15-minute mini conversations, just like we normally do. So for the first 15 minutes, we're going to be talking about how you can prepare ahead of time for when your phone rings right here. <laughs> And it's media on the other end, and they want to talk to you. So what does your messaging look like? Are you in a position where you've already start to build relationships with media? And should you start building those relationships with media? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes you just want to, you know, step back and, you know, be there if they need you, but um, not necessarily be the first person they call. In 15 minutes past the hour, we're going to tell you about how you can use your business or your brand as an example for others to follow because, hey, you're ready to answer the call. 
And this is where we're going to be talking about the MNC3. Some of you may be familiar with the MNC3. Others, this may be your first time hearing about it, but it's something you're going to want to have a pen ready to go to write or those down. Very download important. the one sheet. Exactly. <laughs> we have that ready to go for you as well. Coming up at 30 minutes past the hour, we're going to be talking about what to do when inevitably the phone does ring and a member of the media is on the other end wanting to talk to you to get your side of the story, albeit controversial or not. You want to be prepared to talk to them. Then finally, at 45 minutes past the hour, we're going to walk you through a scenario and how you should be prepared before you go into an interview. What questions should you know how to answer already? How should you be dressed? How can you move the conversation to an area uh, that you are familiar with and prepare to answer those questions? So it's going to be a lot we're going to be talking about here over the next 55 minutes. Diane? So it's really, when you're, when you're done listening to this, you're really going to feel much better about um, having tactics and, and, and tips on how to finesse your way through a potentially difficult situation through preparation and execution. So we're really excited about this. It's, it's one of the things that we pride ourselves on. It's one of the pillars of our company. Um, and remember, we were on the other side asking the questions mm -hmm. because we're all former journalists. And so I think we bring a very interesting perspective, and I hope it's going to be something that's really going to help you today. So um, if you're joining us live on Facebook, please jump into the conversation. Send us your questions and comments because we really want to answer them live. That would be great. And if you're joining us later, send email us um, comments and or post on our website. We will answer every one of them, I promise, because we're very excited about it. And Sarah, you already talked about the downloadable one sheet that we have with every episode. And so uh, make sure to grab that on our website. So go to our website, which is m, the word and c, communications.com. Um, and it's going to be available on our Move the Stairs Friday chat blog, which Jordan puts up about an hour after we're done here. And we get it all loaded up to YouTube and all the things that, that we do to make sure that we can get you the information so that you have something that's very easy that you can refer to um, and that not only have you gone through it, but, but, you know, in a page or two, it's going to spark all the things that we talked about and you're just going to ace the interview and it's going to be great. So let's get started. All right. Thanks so much, Diane. And, uh, thank you for pointing that out because it's not up yet, but it will be shortly once we wrap up here. So right. number one, I previewed this already, but as a business owner or maybe a brand ambassador, how do you successfully prepare yourself ahead of time for when the phone rings and a member of the media is on the other end and they're looking for an interview, whether it's controversial or not, um, you need to know what your messaging looks like. If you can be prepared for that, then you're going to be in a position where you can not only answer the call, but also give them a really good interview, which will set you up in the future as well. But are you in a position right now where you've already started to build relationships with the media? I think that's a little different depending on which sector you may work in. And should you start? I think these are all great questions that um, we can really dive into here in this first segment. What do you think, Diane? Absolutely. And remember, we're always talking about moving the stairs. And moving the stairs means you look at whatever situation is given to you. and You get really creative and you think how you can make it work to your advantage. Um, the story real quick is I was um, a field producer for the first time. It was John McCain's, I don't know, second election. We knew he was going to win. When I got to the ballroom, um, I realized that I was not going to get that interview first after he gave his acceptance speech. In fact, he was going to walk to the other side of the ballroom where my competition was. And when I looked at the podium and I looked at the riser, there were these huge stairs that were bolted into the riser going to my competition. So I unbolted them and I moved the stairs to my side so that when he entered and when he exited, he came straight to my station and we got it. We got it first. That first interview made a difference in my career. What we try to do is make a difference in your business and make a difference in what we do every day by looking whatever at whatever the situation is and saying, what can we do that would be just a little bit different that can give us an edge? Um, and that's called Move the Stairs. And when you're ready for the media, when they call you, you'll be able to move the stairs with your interview. I think that's a great point. 
And really what this boils down to, <clears throat> unsurprisingly, is because we've talked about it several times already, is be ready. Be ready ahead of time. This means that you are not um, discussing what messaging you're going to try to communicate uh, as you're answering the phone to the media. You're not discussing messaging uh, maybe about masks or other you know, sort of difficult, challenging topics as you're in a heated conversation with a client or a customer or an employee in the middle of the office, right? You um, get, get ready ahead of time and make sure that you have a very clear, um, concise, thought out plan, message, process. Um, and then think about what are the ways that you might convey that messaging? Do you need signage? So right here in the office, when you walk in the front door, there's a sign that says, here's our policy for COVID. Um, you know, there's a uh, hand sanitizer on the front. When you walk in the front door, you stop and you sanitize your hands. We wear masks in the office unless the door is closed, which it is right now in the conference room. Um, so the, the you're setting the um, expectation upon walking in the door. Here's how this is gonna happen. And that's done with signage. Maybe you do it with social media. Maybe you're, um, you know, a business where you're welcoming lots of people in the door, and they keep track of you on social media. So you're going to want to let them know. Um, you know, again, I'm thinking of of uh, COVID type communications right now. Here's what our policy is. Here's what you're going to expect. Here's what we're going to ask you to do. And you've got social media to cover all of that. For World uh, Lung Cancer Day last weekend, we worked with Lung Cancer Foundation of America to prep um, a whole bunch of social media ahead of time so that people knew what the event was, what we were doing, who was participating in it, what uh, they might see when they tuned in at a particular time, when um, somebody that they knew, an advocate, was going to be live demonstrating something and then what they were going to be demonstrating hey um terry connor is going to talk about her just wild and crazy family uh <laughs> fantasy football draft which that was, was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen that you guys might it have to was take about living, I, I just want to say this because people are like why would that have anything to do with lung cancer it was about living with lung cancer how people yeah. are living their lives beautifully while they are lung cancer patients so that's how fantasy football fits in there yeah, but it was all conveyed on social media. Right. You can also use blogs, which, um, you know, what we do here with Move the Stairs is we have a vlog, V-L-O-G, right, which is what we're doing now. And then we post the link to our vlog, V-L-O-G, to our blog, B-L-O-G, <laughs> right? I know it's very, it's, it's like uh, Spanish, you know, you can almost not hear that difference. Um, but blogs are a great way to communicate um, a lot of information and they can be very focused, but also very short. You know, we tend to not write blogs much longer than, I don't know, maybe nine to twelve hundred words, um, just because that's a quick less than five minute read for most people. And they can get all the information they need. They can get in, they can get out, you know, harvest the information and move on and put it into into practice. You can do targeted emails. This is another thing that um, Lung Cancer Foundation of America did in the lead up to World Lung Cancer Day. They have a wonderful mailing list. And so they notified everyone on their mailing list, hey, we are doing a social media takeover on Saturday. It starts at this time in your time zone. It's featuring all of these folks. Here's what they're demonstrating to show how they're living with lung cancer. And um, please join us and you can RSVP and let us know you're going to be there through this link. And that was a wonderful email uh, outreach. Absolutely. I think that I want you to think about in COVID, I want you to think about people need to know what you're doing because that builds trust because it shows that you're thinking ahead. You need to know what's going on in the news. We know right now that there are a lot of issues around masks and what's mm -hmm. happening in stores when people are approaching one another um, and, uh, and, and how are you going to handle that? Not only do you need to be able to communicate and have messaging for your employees, but if something were to happen at your place of business, you want to already know what you're going to say to the media about what you already did. So yes. this messaging is thinking about what's going on in the world. And if something were to happen at my location, and I had to deal with the media. How could I say I put this into place, this into place, this into place?
place and this is the place. We had thought ahead. It shows that you care. It shows that you're on top of things. It builds credibility and it fills that trust bucket. So your messaging, um, you need to be aware of what's going on in the world, whether we're talking Black, the, the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter, whether we're talking about mass, whatever is controversial out there, um, how could that impact you? And how can you think about what am I going to say when you're sitting at your desk before you get that phone call? Very, very important. And you, you bring up the mask thing, Diane, and I'm glad you did because you sense a theme here. <laughs> we have already talked about masks on our Move the Stairs Friday chat right. because of how polarizing of a topic it is right now. And it only gets more polarizing, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, the, the social media uh, social media videos are just nonstop uh, with the mask stuff happening at retailers right now, and it's important to be ready for that. Um, but you know, speaking of the media and seeing what's out there and seeing what's being covered, I think now's a good time to take a look at what relationships do you already have with the media, if any. Is now a good time to start? Um, are you engaging with them on Twitter? Are you engaging with them on Facebook? I think at the very least, for your particular sector, it's important to know that who is covering that, whether it's um, print media, whether it's TV media, whether it's radio, whether it's an individualized um, special blog, uh, like a trade publication, you have to know who those people are so that when you know uh, when they come calling or they come knocking, you already kind of have an idea of how they write, how they tell their story so that you can be prepared to not only help them, but also potentially build a meaningful relationship ahead of time. So maybe you're the go-to person when they have a question to ask. So you position yourself maybe as a thought leader down the road, but at the very least, if you don't have that relationship yet, you know who they are, you know how they write, you know if they have a lean one way or the other, and you can better prepare your business and your brand for when they come calling. Absolutely. So now let's go to topic two. How can you best use your business or brand as an example for others to follow? This is a great opportunity for you to position yourself as a thought leader in whatever industry that you're in. If you're in the CBD industry, if you're a dispensary, how are you a thought leader there? If you have thought through things like masks, things mm -hmm. like social distancing, things like Black Lives Matter and how you're going to uh, handle that situation, whatever comes tomorrow, geez Louise, um, things like we just had a new hurricane forecast, right? And the number of hurricanes are supposed to be record level. If you are in an area that is hurricane prone, do you know and have a plan for what you're going to do? And if something happens to your business, heaven forbid, how are you going to tell, tell the media about how you and your employees were prepared, how you were worried and you considered what you would do for the safety of the clients that were in your building? What kind of plans did you have? This gives you an opportunity in what could be a disastrous or crisis situation to really find a bit of a silver lining and to build more trust and to build more customer loyalty and all of that builds brand protection. So that's yeah. what we're going to talk about next. I want to jump in here really quick because you, you like itched the meteorologist part of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very dangerous thing to do. Just to right? You mentioned that, right? So when the Climate Prediction Center came out with their forecast here um, for the next few or the next uh, month or so, they left out a small chunk of Arkansas and Louisiana as not being warmer than average because they're concerned about the Gulf of Mexico being as warm as it is in that particular part of the country um, getting colder and, and wetter weather from tropical systems. So while that's not something that a non-meteorologist would look at and say, hey, maybe we should act on this, but if I live in that area, it's maybe things like that, specialized reports I'm following from local media that I'm starting to think about as a business owner, how can I look at that um, and better prepare my business or brand for if that scenario was to unfold. Okay, let's get back on track. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sarah, wow, that was a deep dive into it's the Gulf true, of Mexico with true. Jordan. <laughs> what is going on in your area that's going to impact your business? That while it could be a negative, you can move the stairs and turn it into a positive. And that's what we're talking about here. 
Yeah. Well, so here we are on topic two, being an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, again, we're going to just beat this all day long here. Be prepared. Make sure that your spokesperson is prepared. Make sure that you have done your research when that. So here's what we tell people when the phone rings and reporter ABC says, um, hi, I want to talk to you about something. You go, oh, that's great. Thank you so much. Tell me what you're looking for. Let me find some information on that. And I will call you back in 15 minutes, right? Because you want to make sure that you're responsive, find out what they want to talk about, and then you want to get off the phone so that you have a minute to think. You have a minute to go is, you know, what is my messaging on this? Um, I'm going to look up this reporter if I don't know him or her already. I'm going to make sure that I've reviewed their social media, that I've looked at the last, you know, handful of articles that they've written, that I understand if there is a bubbling issue here that they're coming to me for, is this now all of this, as Diane just pointed out, might yet be an opportunity, even if even if there's danger with it. But it's only going to be an opportunity if you are really, really well prepared. <laughs> if your um, messaging is ready to go, your media training is ready to go, your um, research into this particular reporter and our outlet is ready to go. And then what we tell people, what we tell our clients is, as you're getting prepared, think of the absolute worst question that a reporter could ask. What is the one question that you're like, oh, I hope they don't ask that. And start there. Start there and figure out your answer to the absolute worst question that they can have. I, Diane, you, you talk people through that better than anyone. Explain why that's so important. Well, because they very well could come in to talk to you about bee pollination. And on the way, they can find out something that happened with the company or happened in the city or is happening in the state. And they have you. They have you at that point. If you're on camera, they have you. Mm -hmm. um, Or they could even be on the phone. And while they're there, they're going to ask the question. So if you are in the know on something that's happening, you want to be prepared because nine times out of 10, they're going to be in the know too, or somebody's going to text them or send them a message, or they're going to see something on social media that's going to spark that. So I want you to always think about what is the worst thing that they could ask you. And if this, you think the story is on bee pollination, that's fabulous. And, and you're a farmer and this is a wonderful thing. But um, if you know that you've had a listeria outbreak or that your industry's had a listeria outbreak or somebody's going on nationally with your uh, with, with whatever the produce is or there's an immigration issue that's going on, I mean, you really have to think about what else could they ask me so I can be ready just so you don't get caught flat footed, Jordan. Yeah, and I just want to point out. Most of the time, and I would say 99% of the time, it's not going to happen to you. And Diane exactly. is telling yeah. you to try and scare you, but we want you to be prepared. You know, be on top of social media. You check Twitter. Twitter's, um, let me tell you something. Twitter has saved my butt so, so many times because you see things happen on Twitter and they pop up so quickly and things may change from the moment that you schedule that interview with a reporter to when they show up at your business. So if you can stay on top of that and have a question prepared just in case, it's going to save you a whole world of hurt. Trust me. It sounds like it's very in-depth research. It's not. No. Not in-depth research. It really is jumping onto Twitter, jumping onto Facebook, um, Reddit is another place to go to see what the heck is going on when you put in, let's say you're a farmer um, and you put in um, something on Reddit, you're going to see what's going on. You're going to see what news of the day is. You just need to know the news of the day as much. And then if there's something that you know that's going on that really hasn't broken yet, we always prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And so an extra 10 minutes of prep can save you in a big way because you're ready and you're not caught flat-footed. And that's the key. And actually what we find is when we have, um, it doesn't matter who the reporter is, we have somebody call for any of our clients. We 
do a quick brainstorming session. Is there anything else that's going on out there that we need to make sure they're ready for? Um, and again, some it's probably no longer than 10 minutes, if that, that we do it. But we just think out of the box so that we're ready so that they're in a position to really, to really shine um, in a leadership way and to show that they're very well-versed in whatever it is um, and, and that they're ready to go. And it can be a very short answer, which then we're going to talk to you about bridging. It can be a very short answer to getting back to where you thought the interview was going, uh, but you want to be prepared for that. So that's, that's something to always think about. So we use this term, we call it the MNC3, and I love this imagery. So when you are talking to the media, you're on camera now, or you're on, on the mic, or you're on record, and by the way, when are you on record? Always. 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 <laughs> we need a jingle about that. You know? <laughs> From the minute the reporter shows up at your place of business, office, farm, ranch, whatever, um, from the minute anybody around you has a cell phone where they can just hit record, from the minute you pick up the phone, you are on the record. Anytime you are anywhere near a reporter, you are on the record, period. And, and now, unfortunately, it's not just with reporters. Anytime you're out in public, you're on the right. record. Right. Anytime you're near anyone with a phone, cell right. phone, smartphone. So the MNC3 is um, who, so like right now, you kind of visualize, I've got the laptop up here and I'm talking to my laptop. I know who I'm gonna be now. <laughs> <laughs> and you visualize. Sarah. What, I'm sorry. You visualize the MNC3, right? Who is it? It is your, you're talking to your best friend. So you're so excited and your eyes are so excited and you're thrilled to see you. And oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. Right? Yeah, you're mm -hmm. leaning in, you're just, you're, you're thrilled to be with them. Yeah. You are talking to your worst enemy. Debbie Jordan, he's the worst enemy guy. <laughs> it is the person who will take anything you say out of context right. just to do it, just to twist your words, just to make you sound or look or feel like an idiot. So that's the person that you want to think, I need to watch what I say. I need to be very careful and precise in what I'm saying. As friendly as I am, so excited to see my great friend, I'm also thinking my worst enemy is right behind her and she will twist anything I have to say and uh, turn it into something that I don't mean to convey. That'll get me off message. The third person is... Your grandmother. Your okay, grandmother. fine. That's me. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking to your grandmother. No, we're going to talk to my grandmother because my grandmother, bless her heart, called me and asked me about the television news business all the time. And I had to try to explain to her, you know, what was going on behind the scenes. And I had to do it using words that she understood because she didn't understand OTS and punch in and you know, a package and a, yeah, like none of that. So you're, you are thinking about the language you're using and you're using very friendly, um, direct approachable language, um, that doesn't leave anybody thinking, I'm not really sure what, what she's saying. I don't know what she's talking about. This is where just for a quick example, um, you know, we, so in the TV news business, we talk about a shooter, right? What do we mean? A photographer, a, photographer. a videographer. I left the news business and I started in educational publishing. And I said at one point, oh, we need to get a shooter for this. And the room went <laughs> silent. <laughs> Oops. And someone pipes up and says, you know, in the education industry, we never, ever would use that word. And I went, Point taken. So, you know, you won't run into a situation like that very often, but just think about your language that it's really approachable, really direct. You're talking to your grandma so that she can understand the information that you're trying to convey to her. Well, and we talk, we work with doctors all the time, obviously, because um, we almost always have a, a medical nonprofit that we're working with. And we tell the doctors, you don't have to dumb it down. That's not what we're talking <laughs> about here. But if you need to use a long term, TIA is transient ischemic attack. 
from my years in stroke. What that means is that there's a blood clot in your brain. And if you think about the sink and the pipes under your sink and how the pipes clog up, that's what happens in your brain when you have a TIA and then it opens up, then the pipes open all of a sudden. So it's not a real big one, but you have that, that issue where everything just stopped. That's a TIA. That's a transient ischemic attack. So if I was talking and somebody asked me about it, I would define it. I would give an analogy that where it's a visual where people can understand exactly what I'm talking about. And then I've used it. I've been able to show my expertise in the area, but I've also been able to include them in a conversation and they understand instead of I'm now two paragraphs down and they're trying to so them. What the hell was, what did she just say? So just want to make sure that you're very careful with that. And again, I have a real problem with this, with the whole thing of, you know, really dumb it down. It's not about dumbing it down. No. It's about using the words that you, that you want to use, but then if you need to use them, explain them and then go on with what you're saying and try to use some type of a visual analogy so people understand. Because you're trying to bring people into the conversation as opposed to keeping them out of the conversation. That's what jargony language does. It keeps people out of the messaging that you're trying to convey. So MNC3, really quickly, your best friend, and that's your energy, your excitement, the happiness in your eyes, your worst enemy who can just take anything you say and twist it out of context, and your grandma so that you're communicating in really approachable language so that anybody can understand what you're talking about. Absolutely. Topic three, Jordan. The phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I need to talk to you right now. My story is going to air tonight at five o'clock on the news and it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I need you right now. This minute. That's right. Um, whether it's on the phone, whether it's in person, I got to get this done. And you know, that's, that's what it's like a day in the life of a reporter. Right. Um, you're on deadline. And a lot of times if you're getting that phone call at three in the afternoon, They've already had a number of stories fall through on them. So they are trying to do anything they can to get their story done and meet deadline because whether or not they talk to you, it's going on the air. So if your phone rings, the first two things that you should ask the reporter, and Sarah, you touched on this earlier, is number one, what is your deadline? And we do this every single time we get a media request for one of our clients because not only do we want to respect the reporter's time, but we also want to make sure that our clients are adequately prepared to answer any of those questions that may come up, a la our conversation about 10 minutes ago when Diane was talking about be prepared to answer the question you don't want to answer. So number one, what is your deadline? And number two, what questions do you have for me so that not only can I prepare for you, but if I don't know those, I can get back to you with those answers. And Sarah, you brought this up in 15 minutes or so. So those are the two things as a reporter, I can probably count on one hand um, how many times that actually happened in my life. <laughs> no, I have to say last night I was watching um, Channel 9. And Marshall Zellinger was doing a story on um, how they were how they were trying to move football, the impact of moving high school football to the to spring. Um, and I apologize, I can't remember and the. You're watching Channel Nine is in Denver, Colorado. Right. Thank you for saying it. Yes. And there was a big um, announcement. Right. On, Yesterday was uh, a big announcement that all that high school was moving their um, football to the spring and how does that affect seniors? Mm -hmm. And the anchor was nice enough to say to, to, um, to Marshall, this came out really late and I know you've called a number of people and you're gonna tell us what you have been able to find out so far. It was clear to me that he probably got the story at four and this was a six o'clock newscast. And so he talked about the people who got back to him and he talked about right. the people who get back to him, um, who should have been prepared to get back to him. Um, and he didn't put it that way, but certainly you get the feeling like these are organizations that were seriously involved in making this decision. So why wouldn't they have been ready? Um, oh, we lost Jordan. Did it we lost Jordan. Oh, anyway, so he'll I be think back. That, he'll be back. Absolutely. So I think that's really, really important, um, is that helping that reporter out is part of the whole relationship thing. There's Jordan again. Um, 
but also making sure that you're prepared for whatever the questions are. But it is true. I mean, I cannot tell you the number of reporters who I know who got stories at 3.30, 4 o'clock, and they have to turn it for a 6 o'clock show, or 3.30, and their deadline to hit the web was 3 o'clock. How fast does that have to happen? So well, they're literally getting out at a crisis situation, and the people are in their ear saying, we need you live, we need you live, we need you live, and they don't even have any information. So right. all these things, that's the life of the reporter. A little bit of behind the scenes, it's tough. It's very tough, and it's even tougher now than it ever has been. Um, so if you can help them by being prepared, you're going to look good and they're going to look good. And that's a win in a lot of situations. And if you, if you do what you say, right? So if you tell a reporter, I'm going to get more information and I'm going to call you back in 15 minutes and then you do it, right? Like we talk a lot about mm -hmm. building relationships and we talk about authenticity in building relationships. And even if you don't have the information they're looking for, or you can't help them, or you're not the right people to talk to, or you can't speak because of a lawsuit or any number of reasons, if you do what you say you're going to do, and you call them back in 15 minutes and say, here's what I've got for you, here's how I can help you, and I can't help you on these, but maybe you should talk to someone else we do that a, a lot you know when I we get you know yesterday i had a reporter who called who needed to talk to one of the farmers that we represent at rocky Ford growers association michael hiracata she really wanted to talk to michael michael's in the fields literally picking the cantaloupe this is a terrible time hours a day right? mm -hmm. really from sun up to sundown he is mm -hmm. out there and but she was on deadline for yesterday so i said to her i need one hour I will call you back in one hour. Uh, tell me exactly what the angle is. Let me see what I can do here. But I will let you know in one hour, one way or the other. If I don't have Michael, I will have try to have two or three other options for you. But um, and then I set an alarm on my phone so that I remember so that it goes off on when that one hour is. It reminds me. I said I call her back, um, and I had just literally gotten the what she needed. Um, two minutes before that alarm went off. But if I hadn't, I still would have called her back and said, I'm still working on this. I know you're on deadline. Um, I don't know who else you're calling. Also, when I didn't know whether I was going to be able to get him, I came up with three or four other places that I thought she could call because trying to get a farmer out of the field when this is his time is very, very difficult. He ended up doing it, which was great. But the point was she knew that I was thinking about her. She knew I was trying to help her. She's going to call us again. Because she knows that when she calls, she's going to get respect. She's going to get somebody she can count on. There's accountability. And she's going to get someone who cares that we want to get her the interview. Um, because we want our people, for the most part, to be interviewed. Um, which is something we're going to talk about next week. But go ahead. Yeah. A little teaser. It's, yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to hang tight here because I think Jordan's having internet challenges today. Oh, but I know he's frozen. He's, he's just frozen. We can talk about him. Well, he was the mean guy, remember? That's true. That's true. The other thing, um, and this is, again, part of relationship building, but the other thing that, that we always work with our clients to do, he's back. Oh, is, there he is. Yay. Is we try to accommodate them. Try to make sure that you, you know, if you need to have a big press conference, it's a huge event, that you've got a good location, that you've thought through parking that um, you've got a decent background um, for their live shots so that they, you know, have a place that, that um, you know, is safe, that looks good for the live shots, that reflects well on our clients is also one of the things that we're thinking. Um, and we have done, we've gone so far as to move a fire truck in front of a wall of porta-potties uh, to make sure that there was a, a better background. Um, than a wall of porta potties, but right. and, and, and just to respect the people who were going in and out of the porta potties. Right, nobody. Yeah, yeah. Nobody was. Nobody. Nobody needs that information. Um, <laughs> but you, you also should think through things like speaking of restrooms. Is there access to restrooms? We've been working through this with a number of reporters recently, who, uh, because of COVID and corporate regulations, are not allowed to enter buildings. And so, you know, we have, um, we know who those reporters are. We know what the regulations are. We know when the regulations have changed. 
And, you know, so we're able to accommodate, hey, what do you need inside? I know you can't get in. We can go shoot that if you need, you know, this stuff in, in this particular location. Or, hey, you know, if you need a restroom, the closest one is, you know, right here or, you know, whatever the case may be. We also um, tend to show up and make sure that we've got a bottle of water. It's kind of touchy right now, obviously, with COVID, but um, with, with one particular client, they have, um, you know, a, a, a bar. So we can make sure that, um, you know, a cocktail server can bring a glass of water with the gloves and the mask and the whole thing to the reporter. Um, so you're just thinking about those things because these folks, right, Jordan, have been in the car, racing around, driving from location to location, um, you know, going live the moment they step out of the car. Heck, half the time they're sitting in the car in a parking lot going live on their phones, you know, as they're as the photographer is driving to the location. And if your location is further than your competition's location, and you want to be the thought leader. Yes. And how can you make it worth their time to say, I'm going to go over here because I know I'm going to get what I need. I'm going to get a great sound bite. Um, I'm going to be able to use the facility, whatever, um, as opposed to the one that's closer, who, um, who, who is your competition. And in this scenario, we're, we're going with the assumption that you want to be on the air. So if you want to be on the air, it really is the care. We call it the care and feeding, care and feeding of the reporters. Yeah. Um, we did it in the newsroom when we had crises. We made sure there were tents, and especially if we're going to be out there for days and days. Um, we're in Colorado, where literally in the spring, you can have an 80-degree day, and you can have a blizzard the next day. That is not <laughs> uncommon here. So how do you make sure that your people are taken care of? Because if you want them to work and do the best job possible, then that's what you want to do. Same situation. If that reporter comes out, and you've got bad weather, uh, but you want them to come out. When they come out, are you going to have a tent up? I cannot tell you how many. I always have a tent so that we can put something up so that they're undercover. So that if there's a press conference or whatever, it's everybody's just standing out there in the rain or in the snow. So it's those little things that they, they notice. They really notice because so many people don't think that far about their comfort. Um, and if you do that, when you think about relationships, you are really building a relationship at that point without any type of, you know, glad handing or any of the other stuff that, that is yucky. This is just basic common decency. If somebody was coming to your store, what would you do for them? So you need but to Diane, kind of think of them that way. Diane, I now that my connection, I, I think, is stable You're for good now. now, yes. Maybe <laughs> Um, you talked about. I just wanted Jr. to be on the bottom. You wanted to be in between. <laughs> I know that's what was going on here. <laughs> um, when I was a reporter, I can't tell you how many times we go out and we cover a client in Palisade because I worked in Grand Junction, small town. But Palisade uh, is famous for their peaches, and oh my gosh, you bite into one and just the the juice runs right up your arm. It's so good, but. We remembered the farms who would say, hey, come on out, and then we'll send you with a box of peaches to take back to the newsroom. You remember those people by name. The same with the Olathe Sweet Sweet Corn. Wouldn't even ask. And they would send all of the media stations this delicious sweet sweet corn grown in Olathe, Colorado. So it's things like that. And, of course, you don't have to go crazy with it, but it's little things that reporters and newsrooms appreciate and they remember you and they remember kind of the, the way you go out of your way just a bit to make their reporters a bit more comfortable when they're out covering stories. The one thing I would say though, is if you're in a major city and especially for print press, do not want to send anything because they can't accept it. And there's a whole thing about um, payola, which I don't know how you get a story from peaches, but that's a whole other issue. Anyway, the, <laughs> the bottom line is that they have very strict rules. So broadcast is much different in most cities than print is as far as and what I, you can do. But if somebody's on site, mm -hmm. certainly don't you want them eating your, um, eating your peach mm -hmm. or, you know, I don't know so much about whether you want them taking CBD or an edible or whatever. You might want to think about that. But the, <laughs> but the point is um, that 
want to take good care of them um, and you want to treat them kindly. Part of the research too is knowing this background. So we know all of the media outlets and all of the um, the kind of different things, um, you know, here in, in the Colorado area in particular, and also in, in uh, Arizona and um, some other places. But, you know, regarding that payola thing, like you would absolutely make everybody comfortable and make sure that they have access to a restroom and water and, and those kind of absolutely. things. I would never offer anything to public radio reporters um, or some of the new online journalism outlets that have very strict and it's written out and it's in their bylaws and it's on their website. Like we will not accept anything over the value of a cup of coffee. And I, we know who those outlets are. Right. So, you know, when they show up to a client event and we had one of these a few uh, about a month and a half ago where we got everybody, we got the broadcast media, we got the, the public radio media, we got uh, print media. And because we have done the research and we know the background on all of those reporters, we knew exactly how to interact with those reporters. Um, you know, there were some that, um, you know, they were like, hey, could you help me get this or that? And I'm like, sure, you bet. I'm, I'll get you so-and-so and they'll talk about X, Y, Z. Public radio is like, I need to get this. And, you know, here's what I need from you. And I'm like, you bet. I'm not going to suggest a thing because public radio is not interested in my suggestions. But I'm going to accommodate what you need and I'm going to make it happen. So that's just part of the research and the background in knowing who you're talking to and what are the, the strictures that they, that they operate under. Next week. Oh my gosh, we've got a great conversation coming up. Although it's going to be you guys. No. Yeah, Sarah's on vacation. So good for Sarah because she worked so hard on LCFA. Sleep for a week. Deserves the week. Okay, so next week we're going to talk about when you don't talk to the media. When do you make the decision that I'm not going to talk, and yet how do you prepare to not talk? That's kind of interesting. It's kind of an oxymoron. When public relations means staying out of the media. Yeah. So when public relations means staying out of the media and how do you go about that? And what are the nuances associated with that so that you do that the right way? So that's what we're going to talk about next week. I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be interesting. I'm actually kind of jealous that you guys get to do that because that is one of my favorite topics. But it is. It's a great, it's, it's a very important topic because it can, from a public relations standpoint, it can be just as important to stay out as to get the people to come and talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Our last topic. And this, I mean, guys, we could go as we do. We could go on and on. We can go in depth. We do media training all the time. We do half days. We do full days. Like we can talk about media training best practices all day long. And we but can we do have- groups, which is really nice. So we can do groups and we always do one-on-ones, which is I think the best part of the whole thing. So yeah. That you really get, and we ask really hard questions. Oh yeah. We seem so nice and so friendly, but by the time we're done, you, you're kind of glad to see us. <laughs> pack it up for the day. But in the 13 minutes that we have less left, let's talk about our best practices. And this is going to be the lightning round. We're going to rock and roll through this because there's a lot of stuff. And it appears on this downloadable one sheet, the best practices that is attached to the blog post in the blog section of our website. Um, but let's go through it really quick. I'm going to go through the ladies really quick. Best practices. Uh-huh. I'm going to have Jordan go through the fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, ladies, let's talk about your, your your dress and your makeup and all of that first. And I don't want anybody to feel concerned or that they have to run out and they've got to get a haircut and they've got to go. Let's not what we're talking. You know, anytime that you're um, interviewed in on the air, on, on television, or you have photos taken, you want to make sure that you're not shiny. That's what we're going for. That you, you know, you're clean, you're professional, you've got nice makeup that you wear all the time. You've got maybe a little bit more lipstick than usual, but you look fresh and rested and yourself. Um, Which is really hard because you're stressed to the max. Right? (laughs) So that's when you carry this stuff in your purse and you make sure that you get a little, a little update and a little fresh lipstick. Before always you always fresh lipstick and always small earrings. That's yeah. what I have to say. I okay. agree completely. Well, the make other thing, all the difference. Yep. All the difference in the world. 
No short sleeve tops, and here's why. If I have a short sleeve top that ends right here, that is ending at the widest part of my arm. That is not a flattering look, and it's not a professional look. So you, it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be real fancy, but you've got a long sleeve top on. This is linen, it's hotter than blazes today. So you can wear certainly a, a, you know, a lighter fabric um, and make it appropriate for the season, but a long sleeve top. Go for a little bit of color. What I've got on here is sort of a blush. You know, it kind of goes with the whole deal. I've got a little pop of color here, um, you know, that's actually our MNC green. I don't know if you noticed that. Diane does the same thing very often with the MNC green. She's got beautiful malachite beads and a necklace. Um, so a little little pop of color, but not not like you know high visibility jacket color. That's that's not where we're headed. Unless that's where you're headed. <laughs> not print. Don't do a print. Just be safe. Just do a solid. yeah. No stripes. No tight prints. Nothing that makes the camera kind of go oh god golly. Uh, and ladies, Jordan, plug your ears. Ladies, I want you to notice that I have a, a top on that comes to my collarbone. So what happens is when you have a scoop neck t-shirt or a v-neck t-shirt and you are, you know, say you're a checker at the grocery store and you're reaching over, um, it's a little revealing. So, uh, you know, I, I always go with a high neck shirt. You can go with a, a button down where you get the button, you know, button to here. Um, and then they, keep your ears closed, Jordan. The unmentionables, guys, this is, again, one of the things I go through all the time because I seem to have to deal with this all the time. Make sure that your top fits, your bra fits. You don't have lumps. You don't have bumps. You're not dragging attention to places where you do not want attention. My eyes are up here. So that's where you want the attention to go. You don't want it on a crazy outfit or a lumpy bra or a sliding bra strap or some other, you know, malfunctioning uh, business. Um, it just takes the emphasis off of what you're trying to communicate, which is your message. Jordan, the fellas. Fellas, listen up, because this is going to be quick, really quick, because we don't have to. Oh, no. Oh, no, he's frozen again. Don't like me talk about the fellas. There, is, there he is. Okay, you froze. Your signal's going right. in and out. Yeah, so let's try one more time. Um, if not, then I'm going to have Sarah ask Sarah to take this. And I was going to say, Sarah, feel free to jump in if it goes out again. All right, here I'm going to Jordan. I'm going to boot you from the feed. Call back in when you when your uh, Wi-Fi is figured out. So for gentlemen, again, we're looking at shine. If you are on camera all the time. Go to, or have your gal or your friend or whoever, go to Target and get a shine powder. There's no color to it, it's not a makeup, but it's in the powder department, and there's just a shine powder that will stop the, the shiny forehead, you know, if it's hot out, if you're standing in a parking lot. It's just a translucent powder to take down the shine. Make sure that you've got, you know, clean shaven, depends on whether you have a beard or a stubble. If, you're, if you are going for the stubbly look, Make sure it's clean, it's fresh, it's trimmed, it's not crazy, you know, like lumberjack beard. Um, and if you have a crazy lumberjack beard, you know, make sure that that is well tamed and looks good and clean and fresh. Um, you know, depending on depending on what your style your style is. I'm gonna get personal again, fellas. Check your fly, check your fly, check your fly. I can't tell you how many times. And how many stories we have from people of fellas who have presented checks, the, the donation, you know, checks of a of billion. Our clients, though. None of our clients. No. And yeah, we had we we were talking to somebody who's like, yeah, I didn't realize uh, as I was doing this that my fly was undone. So check your fly, gentlemen. And the other thing, and Jordan, we go through this. He's frozen. Oh no, wait, he's back. Hand Andy. check. At this point in um, the age we're living in. Gentlemen, I would suggest that if mm -hmm. you are taking pictures, if you are a politician, if you are a public figure, if you um, have a reputation that depends on your public persona, 
if you're taking pictures of people, especially women, I think you keep your hands to yourself. At, if it is a great friend, your wife, you know, if it is someone that you are near and dear and close to, you get to touch them between the top of their shoulder and the middle of their arm when you've got your arm around them, not under the rib cage, terrible, but right there on the, you know, if you put your arm around them, you, you get to touch them between the top of the shoulder and the juiciest part of their arm and that's it. I think you're safest not touching anyone and you just have your hands, you know, comfortably in front of you or maybe you've got them clasped behind you. You're kind of mirroring their body language. You might be leaning forward a little bit. Poor Jordan. Is no, he's having a bad day. So uh, hand check, fly check, and just be really, really careful. Yeah. And we want you to um, remember that you're going to, um, that you're going to stick with those three main points. So when you're doing your message points, we want you to have three main points. During COVID, empathy is always going to start your messaging. So you're always going to do that. Then I want you to have three main points and I want you to stick to them. We have had in the past, very recently, we've been working with a group where they got the main point out and then they said, and, well, and the and is where they got in trouble. It's if you just stick with your points. And um, another thing. Right? Yes. It just, um, and if you have an analogy, run it by somebody before you use it. Always run it by a, a, a third party, a second party, whatever. Run it by someone. It's really, really important to do that because you do not, you want somebody else's perspective on what you're saying because what you're thinking you're saying and what you're saying, especially as Sarah said, in the world that we live in, we have to be very, very careful about. So that's really important. Jordan, well, you have one of the most important parts, and I'm just really hoping that you can do it here because it's it's probably the, the most important thing that we teach. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. It's, it's bridging. It's, you know, how to go from a difficult question that a reporter may ask you without disregarding the question because you never want to do that because then it makes you look like you're dodging it. But it's how do you acknowledge a reporter question but also cross the river to bring it back to your side. Maybe one of those three main message points that Diane just pointed out. So, you know, what might be a good example of that? If you were to say something like, you know, it, it sounds like you're trying to ask me this. Um, you know, if, if you get a question out of the blue <clears throat> and maybe it's a little off topic, but also somewhat relevant, you know, that's a great question, and I'm so glad you asked it. Maybe how I can, you know, help you is if we discuss this, or maybe we should um, talk about these numbers, um, something along those lines to bring the conversation back to an area that you're comfortable with without totally dismissing the question the reporter may be asking you. Hopefully that got out okay. <laughs> yeah, it did. I think answering with the shortest possible answer when it's a question that's a difficult question, mm -hmm. honoring the question answering with the shortest possible answer, and then saying, but here's something that your viewers, your readers, your listeners might want to know. Boom, now you're back on your message. Right. Um, so you never want to not answer for the most part. I should not say never on that, but most of the time you want to acknowledge and give some type of a very short answer to a question. Um, I would not answer a hypothetical. I would definitely say, fortunately, we don't do hypotheticals, but here's something I can tell you, and I'm now back on my message points again. So it's very smooth and it's, but I would be, um, I would be remiss if I said that you shouldn't answer it because you want to always want to try to always honor that question because you want to have the credibility that you answered it. But what you want those viewers and listeners to remember is the message point that you're going back to. And if you do it well, nine times out of 10, the reporter will not have a problem. You know, if you, if you evade a question completely, then you're going to have a problem because they're going to come back at you time and time again. So that's right. Very and then Sarah, you want to talk quickly about flagging because we have very quickly. Flagging is something that um, that we relied on in the news business because I was transcribing interviews all the time. And when I heard a an interviewee say, um, "Hey, the really important thing is," I would drop out of you know listening to it at double speed, and I would listen and I would transcribe that. Hey, what I really need you to know is the most important thing about my widgets are. 
you know, so it's those phrases. You are flagging the most important information. What's really critical for your viewers to understand is that we are doing this and this and this. And it's so important that they understand everything that we're doing to protect the public from the marauding spaghetti monster, whatever it is. So flagging is just a verbal cue. Guys, pay attention, listen to me, this is what's important. Absolutely. So in our last minute, I just wanna thank you so much for joining us on the MNC Move the Stairs chat, which we do every Friday at noon. Remember next week, we're going to talk about when PR means keeping yourself out of the news. That's really important. So we hope you'll join in next week. Send us your comments. Thank you to everybody who's commented while we were talking. It was great to see you guys, um, Laura and Patty and, and Nicole. Oh my gosh, fabulous to see all of you. Thank cool you so today. much. Yes, it was, it was great. And we hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>